0: Testing, testing. Mm -hmm. I think that's good enough. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Ty Rivera. Ty Rivera. Ty Rivera. Yep, it's me. Ty Rivera doing a solo, which I know that I said I might have a guest this week. Decided not to. It is what it is. I'm actually doing Unbothered by Ty Rivera. In Caro de Bijou right now, or for my Latino uh, audience out there, the Latino botherinas, Los bodrinas, uh, that would be Caro de Bijou. And, uh, yeah, if you're not noticing a pattern, Bijou owns everything in my life. That's the way it works. It's the way it's going to work. She is my baby, and so this is her car, really. She spends mm, a fair amount of time in here, her and Jerry, just because we travel a bit. And they go with me a lot of places. Right now, we're in the Bay Area at Chris Dorn's house. Um, Chris Doran Studios <laughs> is upstairs for me. But um, Chris Doran Studios also doubles as Mazon de Mandy, which is uh, his girlfriend, Mandy. They live together. And Mandy is asleep right now. It is, what midnight? Yeah, it's midnight right now in uh here, where I'm where I'm at, uh, San Leandro, California. Beautiful, scenic. San Leandro, California, where I'm staying because I'm doing the San Francisco comedy competition. I posted on Facebook uh, last night was night one. I completely took a shit. It was horrible. Um, I don't even know. I didn't even look at what the points were. I don't know if I came in last or I don't know if I came in second to last or I don't know because uh, like different people have instructed me. And also the guy that runs it had posted something on Facebook at a point where he was like, don't pay attention to the scores because you'll drive yourself crazy. And I know after last night, I definitely would have driven myself crazy. So I was like, I'm not going to look at the scores. And so I don't know what where I placed technically last night. Tonight, though, I went ahead and came in third. So uh, I redeemed myself somewhat. We can still do better, you know, obviously, if you're third, they're still first and second. But I can't say I didn't agree with the judging tonight, you know. Um, I was out of the room for, I think, one of the sets that came out ahead of me. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I just, when I do contests, I try to make myself look good, give a good showing, be professional. Those are the kinds of things that I worry about. And last night, I just wasn't happy because of you know, doing so poorly, in my opinion, and I guess maybe it looked like an okay set to the untrained eye, but I know me, I know what I do, I know what I'm capable of, and I just felt like, yeah, this isn't the way that I want to do, you know? And who knows where I'm at in the standings as far as that went. I don't know. But you get one night that they drop off. They take your worst night of the week. They drop it off. So hopefully, knock on wood, that's the worst set that I have. Um... It is what it is. And I'm enjoying a lot. Last night was kind of tense. Everybody was separate or whatever. Tonight we got in some hang time. There's one comic that I'm really already really good friends with, which is uh, Chris Bennett. And he's from Phoenix. He was living in or is also living in North Hollywood, too, right now. Well, he's splitting his time between Arizona, which I believe is in Sholo and uh, North Hollywood. And so he's one of my favorite comics, one of my favorite people to watch. And he's so much fun and so silly. And I have such a good time when we're hanging out that, you know, just seeing him here is comforting and, like, we're silly and we sit together. And um, then also we had some – I met some of the other comics or really got to chat with some of the other comics. And that was pretty great, you know, getting to actually chat with them a bit. And um, really cool guys so far, you know. Like uh, there was – one person named uh Nick Callis, he's a New York comic. He he was really cool to chat with tonight. Mark Smalls, I believe, is the um Bay Area comic. And uh he's really cool too. We had a good chat, and you know, there's several people, so I'm not gonna name everybody. There's 15 and I think I was talking to seven or eight of them tonight. And it was fun just to be around comics and be silly. And, you know, nobody takes anything too seriously. We were talking about some things earlier tonight, I guess, that could get kind of deep if you wanted them to. But it's one of the things that I like about hanging out with, like, actual comics, you know, or comics that are really trying to do stuff, is you're not really too worried about all that political correctness and what's going on in politics outside of what's funny about it when you're chatting with other comics, even me. I know people know me for having strong opinions and stuff, but I do, and at the same time, when I'm just having a conversation with somebody, and this goes for for me personally, even when I'm dealing with non-comics, when people talk to me person-to-person about politics, you guys heard me talking to Johan Miranda uh, last week, and obviously... He and I have some differences on the way we see DACA or the way we see immigration in general, but I'm able to talk to people. I'm able to listen to them. I'm able to do it without calling names. I just feel like, yeah, let's just have a quick chat. You know, I realized when I listened back for last week that there were a couple places where um, if I had just been on my own, like talking about it, I guess I would have brought up different things, but... I don't really care about bringing up points or trying to win when I'm trying to have a conversation with someone. My main thing is to actually listen to them, take in what it is they're saying, respond in the moment the way I feel you know, about what what it is they're saying. If anybody ever, I guess, wanted to argue, that could be a possibility. And I'm actually much better at arguing in person than I am on Facebook. I know people know me for social media uh, confrontation or arguments. And I'm really good at that in regular life because I can talk faster than I can type. And a lot of times people, when they talk to me about Facebook, they're like, you must spend all day on Facebook. And it's like, no, not really. I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. like in that way, like, yeah, sometimes I'm being silly with friends and that takes up time. But like on the arguing part, it's so quick for me to say these things. It takes me longer to type them than it does to think them up. So it's just like, yeah, I, I, it looks like that, but really it's me giving quick responses. And when I want to, I put my phone in the locker so that I can go to the gym or I'll put my phone down and walk my dogs. Like I don't take my phone with me when I walk my dogs. There's several blocks throughout the day, like, you know, hour or more blocks. Where I completely don't even have my phone in my possession. It's just like, okay, it's wherever it is. I don't, I'm not gonna be one of those people that's like constantly attached to my phone. Uh, earlier today, I had some lady try to troll me and I'd posted about that. That, you know, like today was it turned into like a chill day, even though I made it to the gym and everything that I usually do and I'm supposed to do because I've been, you know, watching my eating and doing all the stuff that I'm supposed to do in that way. But today I more wanted to think about what it was I had to do as far as my set for tonight went. Since I had done, you know, not so great last night and wasn't happy with that, I was like, okay, you need to think about what it is you're going to do tonight, how it is you're going to correct that. Because I posted about that earlier today on Facebook. And it's something I'm really big on. Like, I could point out certain things that got on my nerves. There were certain things that got on my nerves last night, you know, or disadvantages, I I should say. There was this annoying guy that was recording during my set, and I hate that. And it was annoying to see somebody recording my set during a competition. So that was kind of getting on my nerves. And Well, not kind of. It was really getting on my nerves in the moment. And then uh, I was up 16th, which is absolutely last. And so there was that and all of these things, right? But all those things are going to happen, like luck of the draw. It wasn't like anybody was trying to screw me. It wasn't like they were trying to put me in a hole. They put me last uh, because the order comes up random, and I felt cool about that. Like last night I was 16, tonight I was 2, you know, as far as where I went in the lineup, not... What I'm talking about, standings right now, but just, um you know, that's the way it went. So 16 last night, to tonight, and it's random, and it, the, you're going to have to deal with all of it. And I should be able to deal with all of it. So I'm a big person, uh, big into like, okay, personal responsibility. Where did I mess up? Where can I do better? How can I correct this? Because the audience is going to be the audience, the order is going to be the order. The situation is going to be the situation. People are going to be people. They're going to record, whatever. So I just like to think about, okay, what do I need to do? What material did I do that probably wasn't the best choice necessarily for that room? Or, you know, that kind of, just that kind of stuff. So I wanted to think about that today. And I know sometimes uh, I'm staying, I've been staying with Chris Dorn. And when I say that I'm appreciative to him and Mandy for having me at their place, I really am appreciative because... I sleep on their, you know, in their living room and I have my two dogs and they're completely cool with everything and they're completely welcoming of me and they're really like don't make me feel like an imposition and whenever you have somebody in your place I'm sure I don't have to tell any of you But it's always gonna be a little bit of an imposition no matter how cool the person is or how much they try to stay out of the way They're gonna be an imposition. That's just the way it works. And so, uh, they don't make me feel like an imposition I know sometimes I probably seem like I'm in a bad mood maybe with chris or whatever or not even a bad mood Just like I don't want to be talk to and that's halfway true like I'm one of those people that I wake up and I go to the gym and before I go to the gym because Other people drink coffee. For me, the gym is my coffee. So, where other people don't want to talk to anybody until they've had their coffee, I usually really don't want to talk to anybody unless it's absolutely necessary before I've gone to the gym. Just because that's where I really feel like I opened my eyes. That's where I feel like, okay, now I've got my blood flowing. Now I'm ready to deal with the outside world. But I realize that I'm staying at Chris's place. So, sometimes we're going to have to chat about things before I leave, like if there's any instructions I need for the day or something that. You know, the way that his schedule is going to work out or what he has to do, so then I know where I have to be. And, you know, or if we're going to ride out to a gig together, because we have done gigs together out here as well. And then there's sometimes when I'm just quiet because I'm just believe it or not, kind of a quiet person. I know that a lot of people think I talk all the time or I'm always quote-unquote on. I'm not on most of the time, and that's something anybody will tell you about me that spent any amount of time with me. Like Chris Doran will tell you that. Kenny Lyon will tell you that. Carmen Morales will tell you that. I mean, like, yeah, I'm fun and engaging sometimes when I'm trying to be silly or we're just having a silly time, but there's plenty of time when I'm just quiet, and I have to kind of watch how that comes off for other people because it can come off like I'm being standoffish. But I'm usually not, you know. I My mom, who's I always talk about being my favorite person, and I think this is part of why she's my favorite person, she just always was good about having me shut up when she needed me to shut up. And, you know, uh, she also is really good at And I don't even get offended or feel any kind of way about it. You know, like sometimes she'll be watching a show and I'll walk in and I'll start talking to her. Even now, you know, with me being my age and stuff, she watches TV in her room. I'll walk in her room and I'll start talking to her. And sometimes she'll be like, meanwhile, I'm trying to watch this right now. And then I know it's just time for me to be quiet. Sometimes I'll be telling a story and the story will be going on too long. And since my mom's like... Always in motion, you know, because she watches TV sometimes. But my mom is not a chill housewife at all. Even at her age, which I know she's in her 60s, maybe even, yeah, 60s, late 60s. um, She'd kill me if I told you her actual age. I shouldn't have even told you that. She doesn't like any age at things. She's always said she's a million. So let's just say it that way. My mom is a million. And uh, even with her being a million years old, she still is active all the time and cleaning something, and shes uh, I hope one day to be as productive as she is because she gets so much done, and she's always been this way my entire life. But since she's always in motion, sometimes I'll be telling her a story, and she'll be cool with me talking to her, but she's still doing things, folding clothes, wiping shit down, whatever it is moms do Uh, She's doing all that stuff, and I'll still be telling a story. She'll walk out of the room. She'll come back, and she'll be like, Mio, are you still rattling? And I just start laughing, and I'm like, oh, I guess uh, maybe I was just rattling. So what am I going to get mad about? And I have to watch myself, because that's that's sometimes the way that I want to talk to my friends. Sometimes I want to be like, why are you rattling right now? And Chris is one of my friends that I will, uh, not every once in a while. Once a day, I'll be like, God damn, can you just chill out for a second? And, but, you know, I wouldn't change him. He's he's my one of my best friends in the world. And, you know, I only have two or three people that I consider, like, best friends like that. And Chris Doran is, like, my little brother. And I know that you've heard me say Kenny Lyon is, like, my little brother. Those two are pretty much it. That's That's what I got, you know. I got two annoying little brothers yes kenny lyon does get on my nerves too but in a different way um but kenny too like it's like yeah my best friends get on my fucking nerves all of them jamel who's my best friend in phoenix uh kenny chris doran any any friend i have that i say that i love gets on my nerves. Anybody in my life gets on my nerves. And I'm sure I get on their nerves. But that doesn't mean that I would change the person that they are or the people that they are. I love the people that they are. Um, You know, it's just I and then there's the other part of me that's kind of lame for some people. And that's that I don't eat a lot or I I eat plenty. I eat enough. It's not like I'm at all anorexic. I mean, look at this body, honey. Oh, just playing. But (laughs) being serious, a body like mine doesn't have a from starving itself. This is an anorexic body that I've got over here. But, uh, which... His body has been, really been paying off in that grinder sort of hangout with the guy sort of way. Like, that's that's been kind of nice. And, uh, I posted the other day about being in a jacuzzi with a guy. And he was this white trash boy. Which, he's great. Or white trash man. He's not a boy on any level. He's a grown man. And, uh... He he asked me to sit on his lap in his jacuzzi, and I know, again, like, see, this is w- where you get to know me, like, really get to know me, and it's going to get real gay for a second, but I promise I'm going to scale it back. Sometimes people wonder what I'm like when it comes to dating situation and stuff like that. I have a really strong personality in regular life, but when I'm actually interested in somebody or I choose to spend time with someone, which I very rarely do, like, a date type thing. And me and this guy had hooked up a while back. I met him uh, when my friend owned this bar a couple months back. Uh, My friend owned this bar in Phoenix. It was called the Twisted Peacock. And I met him there, this guy. And he said hi to me. Well, actually, what he said was, nice muscles. And since it's my was my best friend's bar at the time, I basically rolled out of bed, threw on sweats, and didn't even do my hair, and just went to go hang out at my friend's bar. I wasn't drinking that day. I was just there to hang out with my friend and be stupid. And, you know, it was Sunday and whatever. So I wasn't, like, at all dressed or ready. And so it wasn't like I was feeling sexy and attractive. It was just kind of like, ew so when he said nice muscles which is what he said when he saw me he was like he was like hey nice muscles uh and I was just like said thanks but it was very dismissive the way I said it so immediately after I was kind of like well that was kind of rude of me like he was obviously paying me a compliment and he's a he's what I go for I'll tell you that <laughs> hes he's one of the types that I go for and so I was like, uh, you know, thanks. But I said it in a dismissive way. And I might have even halfway rolled my eyes. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. You know, I don't know how I come off to people. We talked about it the other night, and apparently I had come off that way a little bit. Like, he agreed that I had. I, I wasn't sure if it was just in my head. And I told him, you know, yeah, I just felt like I looked like shit, and I wasn't, like, trying to meet anybody or anything that day. And so, but... Obviously, I was into you because now here we are talking. So I realized that I came off like a dick. And because almost every gay man I know is on Grinder, Since we're in the same spot, I just went ahead and turned on my phone or logged into my Grinder. He was there. And so I just sent him a, hey, you know, I don't remember even what I said. Maybe something like, hey, sorry, if I seemed like I was being dismissive or whatever. But, uh, you know whatever i said um i said it over grinder and then cuz i almost immediately after that incident happened i had to um go to uh the atm because my best friend was Having this event at his bar where they were making barbecue or catfish. It was catfish that they were making and having like a soul food Sunday. So, since they were having soul food Sunday, you had to pay in cash, you know, to the guy that cooks it. The guy that cooks it comes in, he's his own thing. He's not part of the bar. If it had been something that the bar does, then I wouldn't have had to pay for it. But I'm cool with paying. I don't care. You know, it was like, I don't know, six bucks, 10 bucks, something like that. And uh, so, anyway, long story short, I hit the guy up on Grinder. He was like, hey, here's my phone number. Hit me up sometime when you're in town. Because, like I said, I had left the bar to go to the ATM. And then he was going to leave and go to another bar, probably doing some sort of pub crawl or going from bar to bar. I don't know what these people do. But, yeah, so my point with all this is we ended up... Uh, he sent me his number. We ended up hanging out, like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks later i was back in town again cuz you know i was like i'm going to be leaving town and then we'll see each other whenever i'm back i'll send you i'll send you a text or something so i sent him a text he ended up calling me and he was like hey um do you want to go to At first he was like i uh, i cut hair and you know that's probably the gayest thing about him is that he cuts hair but he is not what you would think of when you think of a gay hairstylist. So there's that. Um, He's not a stereotype, which I don't care if people are a stereotype or they're kind of... I'm not real big on, like, the butch-femme thing, like, butch versus femme. A lot of times I do end up hooking up or talking to guys that are on the more butch side, but that's just kind of the way it plays out. I've definitely dated guys that were, like, femme and wore makeup or stuff like that, so... I'm not a person that has those real hang-ups. If you're hot to me, you're hot to me, and that's just the way I work, you know? Uh, A lot of times when you see people call me on Facebook like a self-hating gay man or that kind of stuff, it's like, no, you don't understand how comfortable I am with me being gay and the people around me being just as gay as they want to be too. If I'm into you, I'm into you, and that's just the way it works. I've been in long-term relationships with people that, uh, you know, were more on the... kind of femme side, you just got to be able to do stuff with me because I I can't deal with you if you're too feminine in the way that you... Don't want to get dirty or don't like helping me lift shit. If I need to move something like a couch or my parents need help with something and you're an able-bodied man just like I am, we need to get this moved and that's just what needs to happen. So I don't care how gay you want to be or how much makeup you wear What when you're doing it. You can wear a blouse when you do it. But you got to be able to do shit with me because that's just the way my life works, you know? If you're afraid to get dirty... Probably not going to work out. But that's not about how femme you are or whatever. It's just, at the end of the day, I do like men. So that's where it's at. You got to be a fucking man. Uh, So anyway... So when I hit him up, he was like, do you want to come by and maybe get your hair cut? And there's only one person that cuts my hair right now, and I'm not even necessarily happy with her. Well, I'm happy with my hair right now, so I'm all right with her. But sometimes I'm not happy with her. So I'm definitely not having a guy that I just met cut my hair. That's a recipe for me not to like you. So I was like, yeah, no thanks. I've got somebody that cuts my hair. And then he was like, um do you want to meet me for dinner? And I was like, no, nah, I'm doing intermittent fasting right now, so I, I'm i done eating for the day. And then he was like, okay, well, do you want to go to a movie? And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to go to a movie. And then he was like, you're not exactly making this easy for me. And then I was like, well, what's up with your place? And he was like, I got a jacuzzi. And I was like, all right, so let's do that. So then I went, we hung out at the jacuzzi, we hooked up, it was great, whatever. So then this time I'm back in town. We weren't able to make it happen on the Saturday that I was in town. So uh, then the next day he hit me up and it was Sunday and I was just about to, I well, I was literally in the grocery store line. I had just bought a steak and I had bought, bought spinach. So I was going to make myself a steak and spinach dinner and uh, he was, hit me up and was like, hey, I'm going to sushi today. I'd really like for you to join me. And usually I say no because of the way my diet is working and stuff. But I was like, you know what? Live a little. So I was like, all right, well, if you can give me like an hour and a half so I can take a quick shower because I had been out doing other stuff with my family and, you know, And I had also gone to the gym and I was just like, if you can give me like an hour and a half so I can take a shower, then I'll meet you for sushi. So he's like, great. So we go out for sushi and this is where I get to the part where I talk about how it is I am with people a lot of times because, you know, it's not that I am submissive when I'm with other people, uh, or like on a date, which I very rarely go on dates because I don't, I think I kind of explained that already. But just in case you're not getting it, I'm very particular. I'm very set in my ways. I have a certain way that I do things when it comes to my days. So I'm not necessarily making time to go out on dates. But on this, in this situation, I was like, all right, I'll go on a date with this guy. So we went out and had sushi. And when I'm out with somebody, I don't want to make a lot of decisions just because I already know what I like. I do me... All day, every day. That's what I do. I eat whatever I want to eat. I, you know, well, not whatever I want to eat, but I eat what I want to eat um i make all my choices for myself all day every day so if i decide to actually go out on a date with somebody i'm like okay let me see what it is you like and if we're going to have sushi i'm pretty open-minded when it comes to sushi so it's like you just order and then i'll eat that you know what i mean like that's the way sushi works anyway as you share i mean like obviously if i had to order my own entree i'd be fine with that but this is sushi so we're just gonna eat it and share it anyway The only recommendation I had or the only request I had was having the soft-shell crab appetizer, which I always have soft-shell crab appetizer if they have it where I go have sushi. And we were at Kabuki in Westgate, if you're familiar with Phoenix. So um, we were at Kabuki, and we had soft-shell crab appetizer, and then he ordered some different kinds of sushi, like some kind of variety plate that they brought over, and it was really good, and it was cool. And um, then he was asking if I wanted to drink, but I'm not really drinking right now just because my body doesn't want it. It's not that I'm sober or trying not to drink. I don't care if I drink or not in that way, but just, I'm not in the mood to drink or my body doesn't want alcohol. So, um, that's where that's at. And I'm just sort of like, you know, Uh, I had a good time with him. Then afterwards, we went back to his jacuzzi again. He asked me if I wanted to hang out. He was like, if you want, we can go to the bar, go to a bar, or if you want, we can just go hang out. And I was like, I'm down to just chill tonight. And so he was like, all right, well, then let's go back to my place and we can go to the jacuzzi. So we go to the jacuzzi, and then he asked me to sit on his lap, and this is where we get into that silly part that I posted on Facebook. And um, he said, uh, so I'm sitting on his lap, and then he kind of like, lifting my legs up because I was sitting kind of sideways. And then he was like, he was like, I'll hold you for like a baby for a second. And then I just started laughing um, because he literally was holding me like a baby in the jacuzzi. And then he was like, I ain't nobody's papa, but I could be yo daddy. And I was like, uh, just started laughing. But it was a really cute thing to say. But it made people think that, or a few friends think that maybe it was, a relationship type thing or we are moving towards that. And that's not at all what I'm trying to do right now. Like I am having fun hanging out with people, meeting people, not dating, (laughs) just hooking up, you know, I'm having fun with that. And if I have somebody that's cool and it's not like he's under any false pretenses and he's not acting like that with me either in that way, Like he's we're very open with each other in the um, in the conversations that we've had about he can do whatever he wants. I'm going to do whatever I want. And there's no exclusivity going on at this point, maybe at some point. That'll change, but it's not something I have my eye on. It's not something I'm trying to change right now. I'm really just enjoying my life. I have my two dogs. When I really want to cuddle with somebody, I got them to cuddle with. If I want to kiss somebody, I got my two little dogs to kiss. And I know it's not the same as, like, kissing. And believe me, I'm not making out with my dogs like that, even though I do flirt with them all day. I will admit that I flirt with my dogs all day long. I always tell Jerry what a handsome little man he is. And Bijou is the most beautiful thing in the world to me and I let both of them know all day long how much I love them and so there is a lot of flirting between me and my dogs but nothing inappropriate (laughs) it's all very daddy loves the baby sort of all day long and uh, it's so I'm not looking for anybody to feel that or feel that part of me and uh, then also when it comes to, you know, like conversation, I have my family for that. I have my best friends for that. I have plenty of people to talk to. So it's not like I'm lonely. So really, if I just have somebody that I hook up with and have different conversation with on that level and a decent friendship with, and that's cool with me too. And then when they're not around, I can still hook up with other people. That's great too. So there's that. And um, but my point is, like, when I'm with somebody on a date like that or when I'm hanging out with him specifically, I should say, I'm not really concerned with being in charge or taking any kind of active role in anything. I just I want to chill and just show me what you like, because I already know what I like. That's the way I feel about that kind of situation. Um, Let's see. What else do I want to tell you guys? As far as um, this whole situation goes and being here in uh here in san leandro i really have been enjoying my time here but i've been going to the gym a lot so when i say enjoying it's it's like a lot of work for me in the way that you know it's it's the gym watching my eating uh, making sure my dogs are getting plenty of attention And then uh, as far as politics, I know some people have wanted to talk to me about that a bit, like just me talk to them one-on-one or whatever. Well, this is as close as most people are going to get to talking to me one-on-one just because of the way that my schedule works right now. So I'll tell you guys where I'm at with that. Uh, I personally am glad that Donald Trump is uh, taking some initiative and talking to the Democrats, and I know that some of his base might be mad about that. Really, I've been very honest about this throughout the entire thing. I don't care so much about the wall. Like, uh, if we start to enforce, uh, you know, enforce our borders or do a better job of enforcing our borders, that's that's enough for me. However that ends up working out is how that works out for me. Uh, like I said last week when I was talking to Johan Miranda, if you haven't heard that episode, definitely do listen to that episode because we talk a bit about DACA and that kind of stuff. And where I'm at with it is... Congress really needs to step up, step up and do whatever they they need to do. You know, Paul Ryan today was on the news because he was upset or some of the Republicans were upset because Donald Trump talked to the Democrats without them. And I feel like if that's what it takes to get the ball rolling, then let's get the ball rolling. Because however it needs to happen, if you're going to say you're the man like that, Paul Ryan, if you're really going to say you're the man and I everything has to go through me, which is the way that it works, you know, because it, he's the leader of, you know, and it, so it's like, okay, okay if that 's what you are if that 's your position, then be that, but let 's be clear about the fact that Congress has had sixteen years to work on this you know if in sixteen years they haven 't been able to figure anything out so when Trump puts a six month uh, you know a six month deadline on them it 's like people make it sound like well, he wants us to figure this out in six to, in six months. No, he wants you to figure it out in sixteen years and six months so if you guys haven 't had this uh, in any kind of priority or you haven 't been thinking about this, then maybe that's you not doing your job and maybe that's when you needed that's when somebody else needs to get voted in so maybe that's something you need to keep in mind when it comes time uh when your terms are up you know maybe people aren't going to maybe that's where people should be directing their anger. Because it's easy to say, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And I definitely get if you don't like some of the things he said. And I've been very clear about that, too. I definitely respect that. If you just don't like some of the things he said. I'm not trying to say that you should like everything he said. I personally am all right with whatever he said, just because I don't care a lot about words. If you know the way that I talk, I live in filth all the time. And I know some people would say, well, you're not the president. Well, I want a president that's like me. So I'm cool with every once in a while he talks shit or whatever says some stuff that's inflammatory i don't i don't care about that i've said for a long time uh just in my personal life way before i had a podcast that i always wanted a president that wasn't trying to use a teleprompter all the time i feel like you're bullshitting me and you've had time to think about this you're writing this that's why when i do my podcast i don't have a script in front of me in any way and i don't think it sounds like i do i mean like i will at the most sometimes write three or four points today i have nothing that i wrote down but sometimes i'll have three or four points that i'm like okay you definitely have to get to this you definitely have to do this but the reason that i don't um write things down is because i feel like i want to give you guys the most natural part of me i want you guys to know what it is i'm actually thinking if you notice i don't really pause a lot when i'm talking unless i'm thinking in the middle of like a subject and i want to make sure that it comes off the right way but for the most part i don't like pause a lot because i feel like if i just let myself talk you guys will get to hear what it is i'm really trying to say and where it is i'm really coming from and i don't have time to think to bullshit you I'm just like talk, 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 say whatever you feel, you know, and sometimes I stutter and sometimes I stammer and that's just a part of talking to me in regular life too. So why should being on a podcast or listening to me on a podcast be any different, you know? That's really the way I feel about it. So when it comes down to that, I feel like Congress needs to get off their ass and that's where people need to start pushing. And yeah, maybe Donald Trump may have done a lot of things you don't agree with, said a lot of things you don't agree with. But at the same time, if you're really out to make change, if you're really out to see things get better and you're not necessarily just going for your party, if you're going for your party, then I respect that that's what you're doing, even though I don't respect that if that makes sense. I respect if you're, you know, open enough to say, or honest enough to just say I'm a Democrat and, and so I'm firmly against, or I'm a liberal, however you describe yourself, so I'm firmly against Donald Trump and okay, fine, but I don't really consider your your opinion to be very valid because all you're trying to do is throw a wrench where I think about things in the way that had Hillary won, I'd be trying to figure out the best way for me as a citizen to make my voice heard as a citizen, excuse me, to make my voice heard And to get her to do the things that it is that I need to do or my group needs her to do, whichever group it is that I'm going with. Like, uh, when it comes to LGBT, there are certain things that I do consider to be important when it comes to LGBT. And when they were talking about the trans in the military and that ban, in a way, I can kind of see why that is. Because anybody that's ever had trans friends knows that when they don't have their hormones, it does fuck with them a little bit. So... If you know that it fucks with the person mentally when they don't have their hormones, what if they're out there like, you know, it at the very least it would probably change the jobs that they would be good for because maybe they shouldn't be out in the field. Um if they're not going to necessarily have access to that medication and that's going to throw them off or throw off you know, their mental balance, which some of my friends have admitted, um especially the Male to or female to male have really told me that like when they're not on their testosterone, that it does change the way that they work. It changes the way that they think. And so, you know, and I'm sure it's the same with the estrogen. Well, I know it's the same with the estrogen because my friends that were male to female, um, I have a lot less of the male to female right now friends just because of the way that my life has gone you know i haven't seen my male to female friends very much at all um but they've told me that you know they go through different things when they're on the estrogen um like as far as the estrogen goes one of my friends said that it's it's like being a pregnant woman and so you know sometimes she just wants to watch TV and cry or do stuff like that, you know, she'll have weird cravings or, you know, and I don't know how that would necessarily affect the, you know, her being in the military. And I don't know a lot of male to females that are going for being in the military. The most that I notice seem to be, um, female to male. So, I don't see anything wrong with at least looking into that and saying, okay, just logistically, how does this work? And I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at things in that way, like saying, okay, what is the biology here? What exactly is going on? Because you're obviously, you have male hormones running through you and you have female hormones that you're adding to you or vice versa. And yeah, that is going to fuck with your head a little bit. And I'm not saying it has to make you crazy. And I'm not saying it has to make you an unstable person. I'm not saying any of that. And I don't think people should be able to discriminate against you, but I think to look at things in a logical way, like when it comes to male and female, people are even trying to erase those differences and make it seem like it's not politically correct to call out the differences between male and female. Well, anybody who's ever been around the opposite sex knows that there are certain things that just work a different way. Are there certain people that are outside of what the stereotype would be? or outside? Yeah, there definitely are. But at the same time, there are certain things like, you know, Even me being a gay man, I know that there are certain things about me that are very, very male. That's just what it is. And, you know, yeah, I might have certain feminine mannerisms at points or, you know, the way that I even phrase things or, you know, just different things might be a little bit more on the feminine side sometimes. But I know that when it comes down to it, I am a man, and that does make things a bit different. You know, the level of aggression that I experience sometimes is in part because of testosterone in the way that my body is built or the way that my body works, you know? And all of this affects brain chemistry. And so I think it, for us to live harmoniously... And also, you know, being as accepting as we possibly can be. And when I say being as accepting as we possibly can be, I think we can all eventually get to a point where we're 100% accepting of each other. I think we can all... It might not happen in my lifetime, but I see us making huge strides, especially in this country, um, how open people are to, like, you know, respecting people. It just... I can see if we all are able to look at things in logical ways and able to ask certain questions, how we can all get to a point where it's like, okay, I may not understand it, but I can respect it. And I can see how... Even if it doesn't work for you, it works for me. Like, Because I have to do that with my straight friends, and my straight friends definitely have to do that with me. So why would that not work the same way when it comes to trans people? Why would that not work the same way when it comes to people that I identify as gender fluid? Which I'll tell you right now, when it comes to the Zay and Zem or Azir or however the fuck some of these people are, wanting to be addressed or whatever, um, no. I mean, like, yeah, the rest of society can do whatever they want to, but as far as I go, I'm not going to be your friend. And that's because I'm not learning a whole new way of talking just because you're not comfortable with who you are and you want to be like some in the middle type of thing and it's just it's not what i'm gonna do i mean like i'm also not other kin is another thing that people are trying to push in some cases like i don't care that you think you're a unicorn you're not a unicorn so i'm not gonna talk to you like you're a unicorn you're not a bear you're not a dog you're not a cat you're not An otter, even though I know an otter is like a description in the gay community of a particular body type, sort of like a twink, but not like a twink at all in the way that, you know, otters, well, are sort of like hairy twinks, but... Anyway, that's a way of identifying or whatever or a, a group. And I don't have a problem with people, you know, saying that they're otters or whatever. But the difference is an otter is just like a description. It's like like a twink is a description. But these people don't think that they're something different. They don't literally think they're otters. Well, when it comes to other kin, there are people that think they're like a wolf, or which is another gay description. But anyway, it all gets real confusing when it comes to that. But anyway, I'm not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, this is my friend. He's a wolf. And, uh, so rough, or I don't know what we're supposed to do, or if there's a way that I'm supposed to talk to them, or I don't know. It's just, I'm not doing some of it. Uh, and like I said, I'll respect it. I'll be like, you know, all right, I'm not going to fuck with you. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to, you know, treat you shitty, but I'm just not going to humor you. I'm not going to I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, gender fluid. Cool. You want to be a him one day, a her the next day. That's fine with me too. But uh, don't get mad at me if I call you a him on a her day or a her on a him day because it's normal for me. I mean, like, to accidentally... And I don't know when misgendering became such a big deal anyway. Like, I'm a gay man. We've always, like, misgendered each other with the she and her. And I remember when I first came out, I wasn't comfortable with it. You know, I was always in my head, like, I'm a he. I'm a he. And, like, you know, when... And I even told that to a few people when I first came out and I wasn't used to actually being out and gay you know, I was brand new, I was a kid, Um, 17 years old is when I came out, and sometimes, you know, the older queens uh, would be like, she and her, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not a she, I'm not a her, and they'd be like, honey, you need to get over that, and eventually, I was like, Yeah, I'm over it. I don't fucking care. And now I don't care at all. Like when people refer to me as she and her, or um, I was talking to my friend Ron Vi the other day, and Ron Vi is gay. He's a comic. I really like Ron Vi a lot. If you haven't met him, San Francisco comic, really cool. Um, you guys should check him out. He's gay as well. And you know, uh, we were joking yesterday and I referred to him as my sister. And that's not uncommon at all for us, you know, gay men to be like, oh, yeah, we're sisters or we're and it's all cute to me, you know, like when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm not all, at all tripping. And I remember one like confrontational or semi-confrontational situation that I witnessed um, where a queen literally told somebody that, like, you know, he tried to correct her on the she and her. And then he was, uh, the queen was just like, yeah, she's going to have to get over that because... I'm not going to change the way I talk. And it was like, yeah, she can get over it. And she, of course, being a he. So I don't know. I have my things that are weird. But I also would never expect any straight person to all of a sudden adopt that and start calling me she and her or refer to me in some kind of, you know, inside gay Uh, what what word am I looking for? Inside gay term of endearment. Even though so many of my straight friends see that's the other thing. Like you guys have to know. Like a lot of people, uh, I or think I identify as conservative conservative just happened to be the way I voted this time around and right now conservative people are a lot more open to conversation in my opinion and I know some people will be like oh but what about oh but what about shut up I'm letting you know what my experience is as a gay man if you've noticed something different then cool you've noticed something different and I noticed liberals are very open to letting me know what it is I'm supposed to feel about myself and that's what's gotten on my nerves is like, when it comes to conservatives, they're more open to, like, okay, teach me about you. Where a liberal is more likely at this point to tell me what it is I'm supposed to be, what it is I'm supposed to say, what it is I'm not supposed to say. When I deal with conservatives, they're like, yeah, tell me about yourself. And, like I said, they may not agree with everything. They may not get everything. But they're more likely to be like, okay, tell me about yourself. Let me hear you. And, like I said, they may not always get it. They may not understand all of it. But they're at least willing to let me teach them about me instead of telling me what it is I'm supposed to be. You know, I've had so many liberal people over the last year or so tell me what my self-interest is, and it's like, you don't even know me. You only know that I'm gay and I'm brown, and you're telling me how I'm supposed to live my life, what words it is I'm supposed to use, how I'm supposed to vote, I mean, like, what I'm supposed to be comfortable with, it's like, when did you become such an authority on me? I get it if you read a lot of books or you have a couple LGBT friends and they told you something. Great. That's the way you talk to them. That's the conversation you have with them. But when it comes to me, you don't know me. Just because you read a blog or two doesn't mean you suddenly get to tell me as a gay man who's been out forever. I've been out since I was 17 years old. I always stress that because I want people to know. When you've been out since you were 17 years old and attitudes about gay were very different when I came out. Like when I came out, it was in the 90s. So I've lived through quite a bit of the changes that have happened with the LGBT community. I remember we weren't even LGBT, like there was no LGBT community. It was the gay community, or really, nobody called us a community. As far as we went, the way that we identified as a community was we used to refer to each other as family. And that used to be the code that LGBT people used to use, and that's the way that we would talk to people. Like, if you said, like, you know, I have a friend, they're coming over, and they, you'd, the, you're, the other gay person would be like, are they family? And then, if you know, if they're gay, you said, yes, they were family. Or, no, they're not family, but they're cool. You know, and it wasn't even allies back then. It was just they're cool, you know. They're cool with gay people or they don't mind or that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, so, uh, like, I have a right to identify however I want to identify. I have a right to let you know what it is I'm comfortable saying. If I'm comfortable referring to myself as a fag, then I'm going to use the word fag. And there's nothing you as a straight person, no matter how liberal you are, can tell me. Because I've been me, and I've been living in my community for longer than you've been accepting of my community. And when it comes to young allies, young liberal people trying to tell me, think about it this way, young liberal people, when you talk to a person like me. Your parents taught you to be cool with gay people. I'm the one that taught your parents to be cool with gay people. I'm the one that taught them. My generation is the one that had to teach them and be patient with them. So now to have your insulting little 20 year old ass trying to tell me how I'm supposed to talk, it's like, what the fuck do you know? You weren't there when any of these changes were made. You weren't there when we were making any of these strides. Just like when I talk to some older gay people, I know that in a lot of cases It's my job to listen to them Even if I don't necessarily agree With everything they say And listen to the way that they identify Or the way that they want to tell their story Because I have no right to come along and tell them Because they kicked down certain doors That made it possible for me to be the person that I am For me to be as open as I am For me to be as open as I was As I was when I was 17 For me to even come out at 17 Was considered really young at that time Like when I came out There weren't a lot of people that were coming out Like at that age now, you have people coming out, you know, super young. You have people coming out 13, you have kids identifying as trans or gay when they're like four or five years old and that's not an exaggeration that's literally what it is sometimes you hear about stories as young as three and when it comes to that you know people identifying as trans at three I don't necessarily know that I agree with that you know I mean like yeah if you want to let your little boy dress as a little girl I think that that's a healthy thing to do just in the way that you don't make it a taboo you don't make it anything that they have to fight or rebel against and I think that could make them get like you know okay so Then they get to make the actual decision Then maybe when they get a little older If they feel like they actually are trans But as far as putting people on hormones Or putting kids on hormones when they're super young I don't think that's smart at all And I've talked about this on several different podcasts before But when I was younger I thought I was trans But it was because I didn't think there was a choice to be gay So could you imagine if I had told my parents that I was trans and they started putting me on medication or uh, hormones and stuff like that and hormone blockers for that matter as well and going through the whole process of me being trans only for me to one day realize that, yeah, I'm fine being a man. I'm happy being a man. Like, at this point, I really like what I am, you know, and it's not even like I had to grow into liking being a man. It's just like there was a point where I realized, oh, being gay is an option. And guess what? That's what I am is gay. When I was younger, because I was raised in Latino culture, you know, a macho culture, I was raised, I was told by my sister at an early age that if you don't like girls, then you must be a girl. You know, that's the way that it was if you were supposed to be normal, you know, so you're not normal, you don't like girls, you must be a girl then. So I heard that at a very young age, and I thought, okay, that means that I must be a girl, and so for a long time in my head, I was like, what am I going to do about this? I'm a girl. I mean, like, I, you know, I know that I'm a boy on the outside, but I obviously am a girl because I like boys, and so, you know, but thank God that I ended up realizing that there was another option, which is the option that I am, and as soon as I realized that, you know, there was the whole, like, growing into myself, like, when I was, you know, uh, 17, like I said, I came out, And at first, I was really uncomfortable at gay bars. And the first time I ever walked into a gay bar, I felt like I walked into the gates of hell. And obviously I don't feel like that now but I really did feel that way because I wasn't used to seeing men kiss and there were men kissing on the dance floor and I remember there was this red light and I remember one of the first things I saw was this really muscular muscular beautiful guy but he was so beautiful that it made me uncomfortable because I knew I wasn't supposed to like guys you know and like I said this is the first time and It's not the way I feel now, you know, so I'm talking to you as like 17-year-old me right now when I say this stuff. I don't want anybody to listen to this and think like, oh, he thinks it's unnatural for him to like men. No, but at the time when I was 17, I thought I wasn't supposed to like that even though I knew I liked it or else I wouldn't be there. And I got in this gay bar because it was after hours and I had a fake ID that said I was 18 at the time. And then when I got a little, well, not even... What? (laughs) Like a month later or something like that, I got a boyfriend and he let me use his uh, information to go get another fake ID that said I was 22. And so then I was able to get in the bar regular hours. But the first time I ever went in, it was after hours. It was a gay bar called Preston's, which was like, you know, the big gay bar in Phoenix at the time. And I went to Preston's for after hours. And I remember seeing this guy that I thought was really beautiful and really muscular. And you know, his name was Lance, typical gay name. But that's just what it was. His name was Lance. Um, I ended up finding out later. And we were kind of friendly for a while there. And it, anyway, different story. He ended up going to prison for credit card fraud at a point. But he was really beautiful. And uh, I saw him like... He had his legs wrapped around another guy and they were on the dance floor and the guy was holding him, you know, because he had his legs wrapped around the guy. So the guy's holding him up and um, they're kissing. And I that was like one of the first things that was burned in my brain when I was first. the first time I ever walked into a gay bar. And I remember thinking to myself, this isn't right. I shouldn't be looking at this. I shouldn't be liking this. I shouldn't be here right now. And it took me, you know, I stayed closeted, quote unquote, um, for probably, I I kind of flushed out pretty quickly, um, just because I was raised not to lie. And so I was like, I can't, you know, not tell my family. And I started going crazy where I felt paranoid and like, you know, and then I ended up hooking up with this guy. And so everything moved kind of fast for me after that. And then I slowly got more and more comfortable with who I was and what I was. And then eventually I grew into being the me that you know now, which is obviously very comfortable with who I am. But the reason I say all this is because I think sometimes people need to remember that... The same way it was a process for us to come out, the same way it was a process, like when I first started hanging out with trans people, it was different for me and I had a lot to learn and I had to um, get an education as far as that stuff went. The same way that I had to make that happen is the same way that we have to be accepting while other people that don't have the same exposure, that haven't had the same upbringing or haven't you know had the same amount of time to get used to it, it's the same way that we need to be patient with them. It's the same way that we need to... Um, just, you know, be accepting of the fact that they're growing and they're learning. And sometimes they're going to ask questions. But the fact that they ask questions to me is a good thing because the fact that they ask questions tells me that they're at least open to learning about it. Now, if they didn't ask questions, if they were just like, ew, gross, or they felt like they should beat you up or something like that, then that's something that needs to be worked on. But as far as like, you know, just a person being like, okay, I'm curious, I want to know about you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that's the kind of thing that we should encourage. Like, that's the way I feel. And I feel like that in almost every avenue, whether it comes to politics or anything else. You have to be open to people asking questions. You have to be open open to actually educating people. And that's one thing I want to tell Johan uh, last week, which I thought about after the podcast. Because I know he had mentioned, like, the uh, it's not my job ment- mentality when he was, like, uh, you know, we were talking about that he was like the other people that are in his situation as far as DACA goes or like, quote unquote, dreamers. He was like that have kids and they're like, it's not my job to educate people on, you know, what it is we go through or. Well, you're right. It's not your job. It's not your job to educate them on that at all. But at the same time, it's not their job to vote in your favor. <clears throat> it's not their job to have your back. So in a way, you're right, it's not your job. But at the same time, if you want to stay in the country or you want to figure out, want people to want to help you figure out a way to stay in the country, then it may not be your job, but it definitely would help out your situation to at least somewhat make it your job. And that's the way I feel I can be most helpful to my own community and my own people whether that's Latinos, and I'm very honest with Latinos and what I think they need to do to help themselves out, but I think that's, uh, not. I think that. I know that the reason that I'm doing that is because if you want to solve a problem, you got to look inside too. It can't just all be, you got to look at the whole problem, like how's the world wrong, how am I wrong, how's the, How's the? you know, how? how can we find a compromise, and so I know a lot of people get mad at me, and I probably could have more fans if I took a harder stance. As far as like you know, as far as comedy goes, I feel good about the fans I have, and that you know, like obviously I want to be bigger and stuff like that. But I'm I'm happy with the people I have, um, you know, and it's it's growing, and it's it's a steady process. But like as far as like fans like of just. Uh, my podcast or my point of view. I know I could have, like, stronger fans or more of them if I would just take a hard stance and be like, yeah, fuck liberals or fuck, you know, fuck Republicans or whatever it is that they wanted to hear. But, like, I don't feel that way about either side. I feel like in certain ways both sides are misguided. And also in certain ways both sides are um, misrepresented by the 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 dumbest among us being the loudest. And, um, I feel like those people are doing a disservice. And I feel like the more we begin to purge those people, the, the more the rest of us can have like productive conversations and actually help each other get to a spot where we can accept each other and we can all cohabitate and really look out for the best interest of us as a country, which, you know, I know that sometimes people, um, think about nationalism as a bad thing but like I think nationalism as far as like not white nationalism obviously but actually nationalism like uh, having pride in your country and wanting to see your country get ahead and wanting to see your country do better that's what we should be doing you know and next week uh maybe I'll talk a little bit about you know my experiences in China and like kind of how I don't really understand how some of these people from Antifa are talking about wanting communism. Uh, I don't think they... I I would recommend anybody that says that they want communism, uh, go to China and talk to some people about how communism is working out for them. Um, Or, you know, I don't know. Just go check out other shit. Travel a little bit before you talk to me about that stuff. Because I may be dumb... Um, But I'm definitely well-traveled. I've been to a few places. And I don't mind saying that like a little bit of a cunt, because people are always talking down to me. And it's like, I've seen a bit of the world. I know how certain things look or feel in some ways, at least to a certain degree, in practice. And I've talked to people because I stay open. I talk to people in these other countries like, you know, China specifically. I was talking to all sorts of people as much as they could talk to me. The people that, you know, were able to speak to me in English or and, uh, you know, they would tell me about, you know, different villages and stuff like that. And, you know, so it's like. Yeah, I I may not know everything, and I don't pretend to know everything, and I don't think I'm smarter than everybody, and I don't think I'm smarter than anybody, but I think I've seen some things, or I know I've seen some things, and I know that uh, maybe some of the ideas that you're romanticizing and thinking would be like a quick fix for the United States would give you a lot less freedom than you have now. Give you I tell you you wouldn't be doing this marching in the street shit every time you decided to get a hair up your ass I can tell you that doesn't happen in China that way so um yeah Anyway, guys, that's my rambling for this week, and I think I got pretty good towards the end there. So uh, if you guys liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, you didn't. Either way, you can find me at americasfavoritefag.com. I'll be doing more Facebook Live coming up lately, coming up in the near future. I'll also be doing more YouTube. If you can, subscribe to my YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Ty Rivera. Um, some of my stuff has been demonetized. I don't really care about that. I'm probably going to stop monetizing all of it and just let people watch whatever they want to watch without ads or let Facebook or YouTube add ads if they want to. Because uh, I think uh, in a lot of cases right now, the conversation is more important than the money. I can make money doing comedy and selling my CD and putting out a new album and that kind of stuff. So I'm not worried about that YouTube money. If they want to act like that's what's the hair up their ass, and cool, then I'll completely let go of that side of the tug of war. Um, But yeah, you can find me at americasfavoritefag.com. I'll be here in San Francisco until uh, they kick me out of this fucking contest or the contest is over. So everybody, um, I love you for listening. Please stay unbothered. Hit me up with any questions you guys have. I'm open to all of it. Um, Just keep it respectful. Don't cuss me out because sometimes you catch me on that right day and I'll really cuss you out like that bitch I told today about her slave owner pussy. Anyway, guys, uh, slave owner cunt is what, and it was because of her phrasing. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoy yourself, and whatever you do this week, stay unbothered. I am Ty Rivera.